He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Welcome back to Hack City. Joe DeLeon, Sean Anderson, two former college football players from the University of Rhode Island. And as we lead up to the college football season, we're doing our next position group watch list episode. Today, we're doing our tight ends. It was a little bit harder to do tight ends because there's not a lot of G5 guys that haven't transferred up somewhere. Um, But nonetheless, we're going to be getting into it. Sean, how are you doing? Doing good. I had an interesting evening last night. Uh, I'm... I'm not trying to be all self-indulgent. I did beat the hell out of one of my friends in MLB The Show, had a no-hitter going into the eighth inning, uh, which was great, right? But that sparked another conversation within it, and I don't think I'm good at MLB The Show. It's it's a very hard game. But that sparked another conversation where he's like, oh, you could never uh-huh. do this to me in Madden. And I, he didn't play football, but he is a guy that plays a ton of Madden. And... I think both of you and I have encountered people like this. Everybody knows someone like this that swears that they're the best. Uh, they're the best player in Madden. Right. And I said, it's impossible for you to give me the work in Madden, not beat me, but for you to think that you would smoke me in Madden because I, I and I use this analogy to him because he wasn't understanding. He's like, oh, I know you play football, but it doesn't. You know, what does that matter? I'm like, well, I imagine. If you in college, right, every semester that you're there, you have to take a class on baking a cake every single semester. And if you don't know how to bake the cake, everything goes poorly for you. So you have to really commit to learning how to baking a cake. At the end of that, you're probably going to know how to bake a cake perfectly, right? You're probably going to understand every in and out of baking a cake. That's the analogy. I, I, I already don't him. agree. I don't. I already don't agree with this. But finish your, your the idea that. that a non-football play, the, the arrogance of Madden players thinking that they could just steamroll anybody that has played football or has at least been in the college football system for four years, uh, uh, is absurd to me. It's absurd, and I, I can't stand these types of people. I can't stand them. I'm sorry. I actually kind of agree with the other side of this because it's a video game and it's an easily manipulative bull wow i can't talk video game it is one that can be easily manipulated because you over or actually underestimate idiots that know how to spam certain things to get the outcome that they want i actually think the better analogy is i one time watched a guy who really like was very talented at playing the guitar try to play guitar hero and couldn't figure out how to play it, it they're two completely different who was things. that randy marsh because they covered that in south park no, <laughs> no but my my point is, is that I have played, I'm obviously not as deep into the the nuts and bolts of football as you are from having been in, you know, offensive meeting rooms and, and offensive linemen more often than not always end up becoming high level coaches because understanding blocking is one of the most important parts of the game. But at the same time, it, all it takes is one idiot who figures out that if you have a quarterback who has a faster handoff animation than another quarterback, and you could just run the ball in a two tight end set every single time for three yards and then win the game seven to nothing. There are plenty of people out there that know how to do that. It is a game that is meant for idiots to be good at. Those who actually understand the sport are not the best at the game. I'm saying he was saying that he would blow me out. I'm never going to get blown out in Madden. I'm not. 
I'm just not. Yeah, that's a little. I'm never. I'm not saying I'm not going to lose because there's dorks and there's video gamers that that video gamers. What am I? Eighty. God, I sounded like my dad. And I, I don't even. I think my dad would actually use a, a cooler term than that. Video. I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm the dork. Uh, but I know that yeah. there's fully committed people. It's like the 2K leagues and all that, and they they understand how the actual game works, the nuts and bolts of that. But the disrespect, I, and it's not the first time I've encountered this. There's a disrespect uh, uh, for people that have played football to try to come into the realm. Now you're in my world now with the sticks. You know, this is we're playing at Lambeau in the cold. Like you, you don't know what team to fit for that. Shut up. It's di- you're, it's disrespectful. And I've been disrespected. And I, maybe it's just because they don't understand. They think it's linemen. Oh, you just push people all day. Okay. And that's just I what, think that's you need to play him and we find out the outcome. I think that's I'm going to blow his doors happen. off. Okay. We'll see what happens. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with Underdog Fantasy. Ever since I joined, I've been having so much fun. There are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but it has made it way more entertaining since I found Underdog Fantasy. And my favorite game to play so far, which I think you should try out, is Pick'em. It is so easy to play. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple. With their easy-to-use website and mobile apps, pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K, HACK, like the name of this channel. Use code HACK to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, which has all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA, uh, especially, again, during the offseason. Always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's BetOnline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, Sean, let's get into it. Let's talk about these tight ends that we've got here on today's show. I'm going to start us off with the Power 5. As as everyone knows so far, we've done P5, G5, and FCS players in each category. My first pick that I want to throw out there, and by the way, first I need to say this, no Brock Bowers. So we've done this so far where we've kind of picked a guy or two that can't be included in our watch list because it's a foregone conclusion. We also get two picks each, so we don't think it's fair for one of us to take, you know, the big name sure. Doug guy. Because that, Joe, so Joe no has Brock turned Bowers. it into a competition. So it's not. Know, it's not I a competition. It's not, but at times it feels like it. My point is, is that no Brock Bowers because we know that Brock Bowers is an elite college football player. He's an elite NFL draft prospect. He has already been the best tight end in college football for the last two years, and he's going to be the best tight end this upcoming season. But my pick is Benjamin Urasek from Stanford. Troy Taylor takes over at Stanford, and there is now a shift in offensive philosophy. I was pleasantly surprised by the style of play, the athleticism, the receiving ability, uh, the the after-the-catch ability that Benjamin Urasek 
has for a tight end. I think he is an elite athlete that was completely misused in an offense under David Shaw that was just asking him to put his hand in the dirt and try to block and then sometimes catch the passes. I think that, yeah, I think that this upcoming year, with that experience, knowing how to block, they're going to really feature him as the premier target in this offense. And there's going to be so much production uh, on the Stanford offense with with Benjamin Yurasek being the guy. I would not be stunned if he does not win the Mackey Award at the end of the season. Yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I, I view. I'm not a hard sell on. I'm a pretty easy sell if you're telling me a Stanford tight end is going to be good. They have a great track record. Uh, Levine Toilolo, Austin Hooper. Uh, there was another re- uh, good tight end uh, out of Stanford in the Zach, Zach Ertz. Ertz. Yes, yes. Track record. You, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, you, show me an Iowa offensive lineman. It's going to be hard for me to say that he's not good. That that That's just how my brain correlates because some schools are just gifted at doing that. Currently, we see Ohio State, the receiver room, gifted at doing that. They, they put out players that will play and can play at the NFL level. So a Stanford tight end, I'm not going to be mad about it. They do block a lot. <laughs> they just have. Not anymore, I gotcha. though. Not anymore. But I think that also is is I don't mind having tight uh, tight ends block a lot in college because in the NFL it's not all you know. I'm just Mister Big Time Catch Touchdown Score. You got to block, and as frustrating as it is to see Arthur Smith make Kyle Pitts block as much as he does, I get it. I get it. It's stupid, but I get it. So having reps blocking is just a really good base for tight ends. I'd say college football. My first tight end, Jatavion Sanders out of uh, Texas. Really, really like uh, Sanders. Mm. I think he is a physical specimen. I think he's disciplined with the ball. I I, I just like the way he moves. He's a great athlete. Uh, He reminds me of uh, David Njoku a a, a little bit. Uh, Just their stature. They're both 6'4". And they just both kind of fit that build and frame. I know Njoku's got pythons on his arms. He's just a a bodybuilder playing tight end. I get it. Uh, But the way they run, the way they move, uh, I really like Sanders. And Texas, again, I'm going to keep on bringing up Texas players uh, because Texas has a lot of good weapons. They do. Uh, So if, uh, you know, the coach or the staff can find a way to just incorporate them all in a balanced fashion, there's no reason why that duo and all those weapons uh, can't be successful in the Big 12. There's no reason why they can't. They should be. They should be dominant. uh, Jatavion Sanders should be dominant this year. Nobody should be able to stop him. Nobody. Yeah, Jatavion Sanders was a guy who made my top five tight ends uh, for the 2024 NFL draft. And he is not much of a blocker, but what I like about Sanders is just a great vertical threat. He is somebody who just up the seam is going to provide... Uh, a dangerous threat in the Big 12, and there's not a lot of linebackers that can keep up with him, not a lot of safeties that can cover him because he's just he's so freaking large. So I like that that Sanders pick. This one's a bit of a deeper pull, and it's kind of in the true sense of the word watch list. I think that Bryson Nesbitt from UNC is going to be talked about as one of the best tight ends in the country at the end of the season when it's all said and done. Not a lot of people are familiar with him. Not a lot of people are going to know who Bryson Nesbitt is that are listening to this show. But he was productive in spurts last year. He had some production, a couple games where he didn't didn't really do a lot because there are two other guys that he had to rotate and share time with in that tight end room. He is the best athlete out of, I think, any of the receivers on this team. 
He is a vertical threat. He is a guy that is explosive down the field. He's a good route runner. And then he provides a massive threat after the catch. I think that with Josh Downs out of this system and Drake May looking for that next target, he does have some good receivers, but Nesbitt is going to be a fantastic option for him to get the football. He is somebody who I think needed to add a little bit of weight, a little bit more bulk to his frame. So this offseason, if he works on some of those things, his ceiling is so freaking high. It gives me those Evan Ingram, uh, Noah Fant type vibes that you put him out in the slot, you just have fun, you go to work, you give him a go route, you give him uh, a post route, you try to get him in space and give him a, you know, a very just quick route to get him the football, and he is going to make you pay. So I think Bryson Nesbitt is a name that's going to be uh, more of a familiar one as as time goes did on. Nesbitt. Uh, when I was watching May, I can't. I, I, I'm and I might just. I, I could be totally wrong. Was, was Nesbitt running a lot of seam routes last year? Because when I was watching May, I thought he was a lot of deep vertical I routes. Because I'm sitting here. Hey, it, maybe that's why I like Drake May so much because Nesbitt's so good and he's just open. And then boom, it looks so good middle of the field. Give it to me. Uh, I really like that design there. It's almost like a a Manning and Dallas Clark five and out. It's just there. Yeah, Nesbitt's production wasn't crazy last year. He only had 507 yards and four That's touchdowns fine. on 35 college receptions. Tight end. But, well, a college tight end and also a young guy right. in a tight end. Like, he cracked the lineup and really produced despite not being the primary guy. I got you. Uh, my next uh, tight end here, and for tight ends, I should have prefaced this for the first time. I, I like to factor in mismatches because that's what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be a mismatch versus the linebacker. They're supposed to be a mismatch versus a safety or a slot corner. A tall corner, it's a little tough. Uh, but f- for the most part in defenses, they're supposed to be a mismatch. And uh, my next guy definitely is that just because of his versatility. Uh, Jaheim Bell, now playing for Florida State, was at South Carolina last year. Mismatch, and they used him beautifully last year. And they, I hope Florida State... You know, I hope they just keep on rolling with him. Last year, 231 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. Okay. He also had 261 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. Mismatch. He's big as hell. Use tight ends in college as the athletes that they are because you're not going up against uh, 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 who's – Who's a good – you're not going up against Patrick Queen every week. You're not going up against Jalen Ramsey every week. You know, there might be two guys that go into the NFL in a defense that you play typically, unless you're playing Georgia. But for the most part, use these tight ends as they're supposed to be. It's so it's so strong. How many times did we get carved up by tight ends in college show tons because other teams understand the value of tight ends? They're big. They're they're just taller. They're stronger. Uh, Jaheim Bell is a force. I just I love the way that he plays hard nosed. Uh, and just a great athlete. I, I'm I'm really high on him. And and Florida State gets a huge bump by adding him. They get a big bump by adding him. I didn't think he was going to leave South Carolina because he was getting the ball a good amount. But go ahead, go to Florida State. Uh, really compete in the ACC. He's really fun because he really fits that H back style. Yeah. He's not big. He's like six one, and he's built like a bowling ball. And he's they're going to give him some handoffs. They're going to give him some, God. you know, maybe some jet sweeps. Just some really goofy stuff that you're like, that guy's getting the football behind the line of scrimmage. Oh, okay. He's oh, listed oh, at okay. He's six three, two thirty three. I never not, looked at him and thought he was six three. No, yeah, I know it's a college shot listing. that he's six three. I get it. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with he's you. six one and and like a half. I I'm willing to bet that. Um, I gotcha. My first, my my first G five pick that I'm throwing out here, Sean. So I have to say this: my second pick that I'm going to give isn't really a G five guy, 
it was impossible to find G5 guys. I even texted Ryan and I was like, dude, do you know any G5 tight ends? And he said, huh, let me think. Didn't even get back to me. And he's a psychopath. Yeah. He knows every single football player on every single roster. And he couldn't come up with one because all these freaking kids that were good last year transferred up. G5 they transferred up. I got some reaches. Transferred up. I got some reaches too, brother. Don't worry. So th- these are not the sexiest picks. And I. this is one of the few times where like, I implore our listeners, if we didn't bring somebody up that you think could have gone on here, because yeah. it was a hard time finding these guys, comment below. We want to know who are some G5 tight ends to include. But the first one that I have is Brady Hunt, who comes from uh, Ball State, yeah. 6'6", 245. He's listed as a redshirt sophomore, so this is a younger-ish guy. Last season, 46 receptions for 498 yards and five touchdowns. That to me is awesome production for a young tight end. And then to return to his G5 program in an offense that like, he's clearly the best guy. Like I, and I believe we brought him up uh, when we did the Mac show, but I, I think that that production is fantastic. The size is fantastic. He's got the build to block. He's got the build to be a red zone threat. So uh, give me a lot of Brady Hunt this upcoming season. Yeah, Brady Hunt was my number one for the G5s. Uh, he's solid. Uh, so G5, uh, my first guy, we're looking at a typical prototype tight end size. You look at this guy uh, and, and you're talking to him, you're just going to say, oh, what'd you play? Tight end? That's what, you, that's what you'd say. Mark Redman out of San Diego State, 6'6", 250. Last year, 21 catches, 233, two touchdowns. He's your college tight end. This is your college tight end. Yeah. Not a huge production guy. San Diego State obviously isn't targeting Mark Redman all the time. They're not. No one's going to say that they are. Uh, but if you need him to go get a jump ball, if you need him to kind of sneakily get away in the end zone, uh, he can do that. And he's just the big body. Find the matchup. He's not going to be your number one. He's probably not going to be your number two. And that's just the offense that they run. Different system. He might be having uh, more production. But good frame, good speed. Uh, a little bendier than I thought he would be. Pretty good in the knees uh, when he was running. Uh, but, you know, G5, a lot of the guys transferred up. Uh, regardless, solid tight end. Solid tight end. Yeah, Redmond's a really good pick. Not uh, No gaudy statistics, but just a well-rounded yes. football player. So here's my reach. Uh, Seydou Treor, who was a G5 tight end, he was at... Yeah. Arkansas State. Oh, thank you, ESPN, for for playing a, auto playing a video while I'm trying to read read his stats. God, this ESPN website sucks. Um, he was at Arkansas State. He transferred to Colorado, and then very recently he hopped back in the portal, and he's now going to Mississippi State. So I wanted to bring him up because he is a a name that people have talked about as a climber, as somebody who was really productive last year, where he had. 50 receptions for 655 yards and four touchdowns, a 13.1 yards per reception, which is a really great average there for a tight end. I feel like he is true to the word of being a receiving threat, uh, kind of that that Y receiver type guy that just is a big bodied receiver. And I think at Mississippi State, assuming I, I think that they're still going to run that air raid, he is going to be a, a, a real massive threat for Will Rogers, who's going to probably get him the ball very very often yeah he was on a lot of the lists and you're sitting here like oh is he still here nope he moved up what about this guy oh he moved up uh so the g5 took a hit but at the same time you know good for these guys they proved enough uh to show it 
Uh, my second G5 tight end, Jacob Jenkins, formerly of uh, Coastal Carolina, now at Liberty. He followed his coach, Jamie Chadwell, up to uh, up to Virginia. Uh, last year, it's, it's weird. Coastal is weird to kind of look at players from because they operated so oddly. A bit chaotic, which I like. They're a bit chaotic, uh, a lot of mo- motion, a lot of movement, which I'm a big fan of. They're creative. Last year, only 11 catches. 140 to 49 yards, but five touchdowns. So he was kind of a gimmick guy. He was, hey, Mm. we're going to send everybody going left. You, because you're a good athlete, we're going to wheel you around right, throw it back, and you're going to score the touchdown. Like in a a needed gimmick drawn up, he is a a, a tight end that you can use in a a drawn up specifically for you play. Not a every time Jason Witten, we need you, you're going to be the the second option, and then you're going to make a great catch. But hey, you have a skill set that works for this, and we know we're going to be able to beat this specific man. If we have the will tracking late, you're going to be able to be free, get a touchdown. So maybe credit that to Coastal Carolina. Uh, wouldn't have as much faith, but he followed the same coach. So maybe Liberty uses him in a similar fashion. I would say that they should. I think tight ends being used in that is a lot of fun for college football. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, he's good. He's solid. Good hands, good athlete, tough, strong. He's a tight end. Ryan did send in a, a contribution pick. Dominic Mazzotti from San Jose State is uh, is Ryan Roberts' contribution for the G5. Moving on to the FCS, my first pick is Kyle Lepkowski from UNH. I scouted him for his potential at the NFL. I, he feels like one of those FCS tight ends that is like a seventh round pick or a very high priority free agent that maybe sticks on a practice squad for a very long time. Older football player, uh, had nice production last year, 42 receptions, 542 yards and two touchdowns. Big, big, strong kid. I also uh, got to catch him on film, giving Jake Fire some work. Um, but outside of that, though, I think that uh, Kyle Lepkowski is just the epitome of a, a quality, well-rounded FCS. I'll try. I'll trust your scouting on that one, Joe. I have no uh, no challenge to uh, to issue. My first FCS tight end, Cole Grossman, out of Montana. What do you expect the Montana uh, tight end to do, Joe? Play hard as hell. Each uh, yeah, that's what he does. He's he's just. He's got to be a fan favorite. Uh, five touchdowns in 2021. Five touchdowns in 2022. Plays his ass off. Just plays his ass off. And, and, and he just looks like he loves playing for Montana. He looks like he's just a football player. That that just just he's just there. He's just there. That's what. The, <laughs> what is he gonna do for you? He's gonna block. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna catch the ball in the flat. He's not gonna break it 80 yards. He's not gonna one hand grab it. He's just going to be a tight end out there trying to eat somebody's face in. That's what he's going to do. Beat your ass. Exactly. Uh, So there is a place in this sport for all type of players. And Cole Grossman, that is your narrative and archetype. Big fan of him. Uh, Good frame also. 6'4", 220. He he looks like he's a little bit thicker than that. Did you say archetype? Yeah, archetype. Archetype. I don't care. Archetype? I don't know. Struggle with that one. I've always struggled with that one. It is a Friday. I've always struggled with that one. recording on a Friday. It's supposed to be okay. Easy one. Well, let's go uh, back. You want to go last... back to your earlier? What do you, I, you had a tough one earlier, so you want to say one and one? Yeah, yeah. My yeah, last yeah. one is Zach Hines from South Dakota State, who last year I thought that this guy was going to declare. I thought that he and Tucker Craft were both going to declare. 
and he was going to go on uh, to get an opportunity as a high priority free agent. But as a lot of these veteran guys, they all stuck around. He has been at South Dakota State one, two, three, four, five. He's going on year number six, and that's contributing year number six. That's not, you know, just sitting on the bench six. Right. The, my man has been there for uh, uh, half of a. Half of a decade, almost more than that. Yeah, he likes it. He's from Sioux Falls. 6'7", 260 pounds. He's freaking massive. He's got an awesome mustache. I don't think he gets drafted. I think that that is a common question I get from South Dakota State fans is does Zach Hines get drafted? Does he get drafted? I don't think he will, but he's similar to Lepkowski. Big body. He can come in and just be a blocking dude on the roster, be a third tight end, be a practice squad guy. He's somebody who I'd be willing to to put my chips in the table and say I want this guy on my NFL roster. Yeah, Hines is really solid. Uh, he was a um, a great second tight end while Tucker Craft was there, and now he's going to be a very good uh, primary tight end. It's it's a great uh, uh, fill and replace that they have at uh, South Dakota State. It's great. Uh, he's solid, and then uh, I, obviously the hack mustache nod from Joe. Uh, finally, shut up. I know we both have thoughts on this tight end. Uh, Marshall Martin from Sacramento State, really impressive what he's been able to, whatever he, what he's been able to do there over three years. Uh, he's amassed over two thousand yards, twenty five touchdowns, and about one hundred forty catches. Last year, sixty five catches, eight hundred seventy nine yards, twelve touchdowns. He's just an athlete. He's an athlete, and this is the mismatch guy of the FCS. This is this is if you're playing him, you need to fit, you need to have your plan right because he will eat you alive. He'll eat you alive in open space. He'll beat you on the goal line. He'll beat you on third down. Don't put him in. Mo- don't let him get in motion because whatever you got going on, he is the guy on Sacramento State that you have to be ready for. And even if you are, he's still going to get his. He's still going to win plays and win reps. He's very good, very athletic. Uh, it's <laughs> you wouldn't think he's a tight end when he's on the field. You wouldn't think so, but the way that he's he's been used has been perfect. He's been used in a in a very good way to highlight all of his strengths, masking the size differential from him in a typical tight end, and just getting the uh, the, the most production possible out of him. Really impressive what Sa- uh, Sacramento State's been able to do with him, and he's just a really good athlete. Mm. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with no Troy Taylor, yeah. but I think we can find a lot of comparisons for, and it just kind of feeds into my whole point earlier, like comparisons for how Marshall Martin is used and then now how Benjamin Yurcek is going to be used. So all exciting football players. Folks, that's going to be it from us at Joe DeLeon, at Sanderson Radio. Hit that subscribe button. We'll be back with more. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.